This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, Monica? Pretty good. How are you? I'm kind of sad because I just got kicked out of battle school today. Well, I'm anti-war, so that's all right with me. I'm Apparently, I'm just not smart enough. I'm too compassionate because I'm a girl. <laughs> that's why women don't make good soldiers, Monica. I guess not, because we care about people. Yeah, you care too much. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, as always, you can subscribe to Cinema Fix on iTunes and Stitcher and email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 336-793-2509. We would love to hear from you. This is episode number 71 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Ender's Game. If you're new to the show, basically this is the program on Film Geek Radio focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler for your view of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. And the second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've already seen the film and you'd appreciate that type of conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. This week we're going to be discussing Ender's Game. Monica, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners what this movie is about? This movie was directed by Gavin Hood, based on the book by Orson Scott Card. And it takes place in the future, when the military recruits children to train to save mankind from an alien threat. Asa Butterfield stars as Ender Wigan, a child who could be the tactical genius needed to defeat the enemy once and for all. He goes to battle school in order to learn the skills he needs to eventually take command, but he soon discovers that leadership comes with a price. Here's a clip. Doing well. Top test scores in class. Highest battle room ratings. But you have a habit of upsetting your commander. I find it hard to respect someone just because they outrank me, sir. Puts you in a difficult position, doesn't it? Yes, sir. You don't like taking orders from Bonzo? No, sir. Perhaps you'd prefer to give them yourself. Sir? How'd you like to lead your own army? Dragon army? Sir, I've never heard of a dragon army. We discontinued the name four years ago. No dragon army ever won a battle. Then why not a new name, sir? Because we already have the uniforms. This is part one of our episode on Ender's Game, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. Monica, just to get started, have you read the book that this film is based on? I have not read the book. Okay, well then this will be an interesting discussion because I have read the book. It's It's been at least 10 years since I read the book. But when I was a teenager, I, I read the book probably two or three times. It's a fantastic novel. Uh, I read multiple books in the series, and I believe Orson Scott Card is still writing sequels. Yes, he is. <laughs> there, yeah, there's there's the Ender's Game series, and then there's a series all about another character in the book uh, and the film named Bean. There's a bunch of books about this Ender guy. What did you think of the movie, having not read the book? So for me, it kind of came across as a mix between 
Starship Troopers and Battle Royale. But overall, because I didn't know the source material, I was thrown into the story and followed along and kind of enjoyed the whole, you know, very quick training montage and the introduction to this very weird world. So I, I actually pretty enjoyed it. Okay. Did you feel like you came away fully understanding everything, even though you haven't read the book? Probably not. No, maybe not. I just assume, I just took it at face value and kept going, kept going. Okay. There's a lot of the big dramatic moments that I was mostly stuck with, obviously. Okay, okay. Well, as someone who has read the book, I was impressed for most of this film at how faithful they were. Mm-hmm. Because this movie's been in through development hell. They've been trying to make a film adaptation of this book for around 25 years. And for a long time, it was thought to be unfilmable, largely due to the technology that would have been required to do the battle room sequences. Those are tricky. Right. A lot of the training that Ender and these other child soldiers go through takes place in zero gravity. So that would be really, really hard to do without the right technology. But now that technology has finally caught up to it... Um, I was actually... Gravity. Yeah, I was really impressed with how they pulled off those sequences overall, and I thought Mm -hmm. that the battle room sequences were pretty well done. My main problem with this movie, Monica, is the last act and the ending. Okay. And we're not going to spoil anything here in part one. All I'll say is that the ending involves a pretty big twist that has Mm -hmm. far-reaching implications, and... If you don't nail the ending, Monica, I do not think that the story is really that effective. I think that the ending is key. I think you could Mm -hmm. screw up a lot of other stuff, but if you nail the ending, you'll probably be okay. Unfortunately, they got a lot of stuff right, but I don't think they got the ending right. Great routine, and then they didn't stick the landing. Yeah, I was not really emotionally uh, invested in... In the last act. And I can pinpoint the exact scene as to where things started to go off the rails for me. Okay. There's some key moments that I think really need to hammer home some certain emotional beats for the audience. And this movie just didn't do it. And I was just kind of left feeling like, okay. Like, like they adapt the material pretty well. Like, everything Mm -hmm. you see on screen is what happened in the novel. They're just not really communicating the importance of it and the emotion of it very well in my opinion. I'd agree. There were a few sort of background decisions that impeded on my full enjoyment of the film. Like, felt they really were pushing the music almost too hard, and in that crucial emotional scene, completely drowned whatever emotion was you were supposed to be feeling in just sweeping score, dun-dun, you know, very Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I I definitely caught some Hans Zimmer in the score. I actually liked the score overall, though. I felt it was a too heavy-handed at times. Maybe maybe a little bit, but honestly, my problem with the third act had much more to do with the editing and the script than mm-hmm. it did with the music. I, it just felt very rushed to me at times. Yes. And what happens at the end is so important and, and heavy in a sense, that I think you really need time to sit with it mm-hmm. and reflect on it. And this movie just doesn't do that at all. It's like it's almost like the filmmakers don't want you to sit and think about it too much, and they just kind of zip right through it, and the movie ends. Yeah, that's kind of terrible, because it is a really big... Sorry, we're teasing this to hell, but it's a really big twist. I thought certain moments 
were also childish, I suppose. Um, like the when he does the first battle training that Go, he goes well and he like devises this plan or so and there's that moment where he's spinning around and shooting and he's like frozen in midair and this sort of like John Woo pose spinning mm-hmm. it just kind of like maybe burst out laughing and a lot of other people around me too that all works for me a lot of the training stuff I thought was tease. fun that stuff worked for me overall what did you think of the performances in this film I think Asa Butterfield actually did a really good job I agree I think I think Asa or Asa, however you pronounce it, I, I think he was a fantastic choice for the lead role of Ender, and he really sells it. The, the kid is full of talent, and there were moments in the first half of the film where just the look on his face, I thought, managed to communicate so much, yes. and it really makes me wish, in hindsight, that they had nailed the ending better, because he has the talent necessary to pull off a much more emotionally complex ending than I think the one we were given. And I also want to give a shout out to Haley Steinfeld's uh, Petra, because I thought she did a really good job with her character. I actually wasn't as love with Abigail Breslin as I usually am. She played his sister, Valentine. I think Haley really stood out as like the female warrior. I think they were both fine. Neither of them have a whole lot of screen time yeah that could have been also they gutted so much out of the story i'm guessing this is a really thick book i, I wouldn't say it's much thicker than your average novel so like a harry potter book yeah okay yeah it's 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 not that thick. yeah but i can see what you're saying at the very end they rushed it through because they were already getting the two hour mark at that point right and they did cut out at least one entire subplot that I can remember, yeah. which actually is probably a good decision. It's a subplot that I'm not quite sure really would have added a whole lot to the movie. Gotcha. And, and I thought the performances overall were pretty good. You've got Harrison Ford. Yeah, oh, all the great background actors. Yeah, he's he's playing Commander Graf, and he's, she, I mean, it's kind of a one-note character. He just has to stand around and be really gruff, but he's good at that. Be a grumpy Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he did a good job. Viola Davis is in here. She does a good job. Ben Kingsley shows up, and I thought he was fine except for his accent. He does this New Zealand accent, and there was one scene, in particular one exchange of dialogue, where I could not understand anything that was coming Ooh, out of his that's mouth. that's unfortunate. I, I followed his So his maybe accent. you could clarify it for me in spoilers when we talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I mean, the special effects are good. The performances are good. Overall, it's a... It's a pretty well-crafted movie it just botches the third act in my opinion so much that the more i think about it the it, it really just lessens my opinion of it dang i really want to want to hear what went so wrong because i could tell it was one of the weaker points but i wouldn't say like just throw the baby with the bathwater out i mean i'm not sure i would go that far either because the, the i think that the first half is really well done i mean there are mm-hmm. some problems i have with the first half of the movie but those flaws, I think, really would have been easy to overlook if they had nailed the ending, but I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me, is the main problem. The last few scenes just really left me with a sour taste in my mouth because I was thinking about the book and I was thinking about how much potential there is in the source material for them to really do some interesting things. And mm-hmm. this, it, this movie just didn't even seem like it was getting the basics right of how to, how to convey an emotional moment let alone explore some new elements with it. Anything else you want to say about Ender's Game before we dive into spoilers? Do you think people should see this movie? I think this is more of a rental. 
In terms of like the special effects of the zero G, go see gravity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would say definitely go see gravity on the big screen before you see this. I think this. that's much more awe-inspiring in that regard. Um, I think it's a fine movie for kids to go see. Obviously, that's the demographic they want to tap into. Another thing I want to talk to you about, and we'll get this in spoilers, is the whole what to do with Orson Scott Card. Whether or not, you know, the big boycott is... That's such a silly debate. Do we have to get into that? I, I'm curious what you have to say. Okay. If, unless you want to say it now. All I'll say about Orson Scott Card is that the guy is a douchebag, but I don't understand what that has to do with this movie. Okay? Mm. There are plenty of writers and filmmakers who are personally have done things or have said things that I don't agree with, that doesn't necessarily mean that that should affect our perception of their work, mm. in my opinion. I mean, look at Roman Polanski, look at Woody Allen. I mean, there's there's so many people that have messy and complicated personal lives. Mm -hmm. Why are we suddenly picking on Orson Scott Card and blowing that up into a big deal? I mean, gotcha. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to defend the guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I don't see what that has to do with this movie. Gotcha. It's also really fun because, again, I wasn't familiar with the work, and a lot of it is about acceptance, and it's kind of anti-war as well. And then he's a bigot who was kind of a warmonger. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. It's interesting. It, see, <laughs> the cool thing about art, Monica, is that art can be better than the artist. Agius. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for part one of our discussion on Ender's Game here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune into part two for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune in next week when we will be discussing Thor The Dark World. Ooh, that sounds spooky. I'll hold your hand. Is that a horror movie, Monica? Ooh, a horror movie with Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, he, he'd be good in a yeah, horror movie. Yeah, he would. High cheekbones. That'd be great. It's great for yeah. creepy lighting. <laughs> he could play a, like, Dracula. Conjuring 2. Conjure harder. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also call in and leave us a voicemail at 336-793-2509. We would love to hear from you. You can also subscribe to us through iTunes and Stitcher. So if you liked this episode, please write us a review. That really helps us get the word out about the program. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place, The Nerdy Projectors, and our two new podcasts, all about uh, two television series. We've got The Briefing Room, which is all about the third season of Homeland, and The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, which is all about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter and Tumblr at Movies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I Movies. They can also find my work reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at B-O-F-C-A. You can find some of my writing at pathos.com and moviemezzanine.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week. Being high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah. Oh man, just destroyed entire species. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer, man. I guess it'll be alright.